It's a brand new day. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, the best thing to do would be to watch the video that I posted within this podcast. Uh, I want to connect some of the dots that Ben Davidson is talking about in When Men's Hearts Fail. Yes, it's going to be partially a nervous system conversation, so don't zone out. Deep breath. You've got a three-minute intro. You can skip to the other side, and we'll see you there. Tell me why. and I am so glad you're here. My name is Jill, and these are my journals out loud. I draw on them to bring you a podcast focusing on those of us who are wired for danger in both the fight and the fallout because my heart and mission is to serve you and yours and what I know to be true as a wired for danger human. The quest for meaning is Without a mission we are willing to die for, there is no purpose or meaning to live for. We are not special, but necessary. Our lives are often hard, and they rarely end well. But even knowing all of this, we just can't not do what we were born to do, because we can't stop being who we were born to be. If you are new, I hope you'll listen and see if any of this rings true. And if so, you are not alone. And with that, we are so glad you're here. I've been looking for a place that I'd rather be. I've been searching for my own destiny. I raise my gun to the sky and scream out loud. This is my life. This is my hope. This is what stand for now is the time to let it all out we are the young ones to fight for survival we will watch you like an eye of a fighter we are the young ones to fight for survival we will watch you like an eye of a Okay, so today is Tuesday. It is, uh, I believe it's May 23, 23 of the year. So we're going to take a deep breath and we're going to dive in because this is more of a review, connecting the dots and 
because it's totally not exciting. You may have planted the seeds, but we're going to water them a little bit and pull a few things together. And so I hope you watched the video that I posted. The reason I wanted to put it up there is that he's really speaking to what I've tried to talk about for years now. And, you know, I have done the human training program. I have just talked about stuff randomly. I have uh, sort of switched gears into this nervous system conversation and, uh, you know, heightened my focus on what I call the wired for danger nervous system. If you're new, that means when something scary is happening, you move towards it as opposed to running away or freezing up. But we all have all three. It's just normal. But the reality is, is that we're in a time of just massive uncertainty while that's being coupled with this just unbelievable amount of information that's coming forward to explain who and what we are. Understanding our physical, biological self, our spiritual self, our mental and emotional self. And, you know, the, the real fabulousness of what Suspicious Observers and the Thunderbolt Project and people who are focused on the electric universe theories and the the cycles and the uh, the cycles of of that are unraveling has really been quite profound. It's something that the ancients knew. Uh, the a lot of what I talk about is things that I read in books that were written, you know, in the nineteen twenties and way before the science matched up to the language. And so it was exciting for me and my discovery process to, as time went by, was be to be able to correlate, you know, some of the conversation or description, much like a lot of our historical data. It's a description trying to describe a process. And then science is finally coming along and giving us the better labels to better understand what we're talking about. But none of this stuff is secret. It's not even elusive. It's just that it hasn't been relevant. We don't care. And now that we are moving into a period of time where we're feeling more and more threatened, you know, will I, will I can I survive? Uh, all of a sudden, I think, you know, ears are perking up a little bit saying, ooh, you know, maybe I should listen to some of these conversations. And there is so many things going on within the context of this idea of, you know, we are electrochemical magnetic beings in the same way we live in an electromagnetic chemical world. And so there is no singular thing to, that will solve all problems and explain everything other than the totality of all that is. But the reason I have chosen the nervous system, which is mostly a electrical and electrical process, uh, it is still wildly influenced by the chemical and magnetic processes around us. And what they all have in common is our thinking, our thought system, because our thought triggers every chemical electrical impulse. The magnetic fields have an impact on our thinking process. There's really interesting research about uh, the magnetic field being very dense uh, in correlation with the dark ages and the, the lightening up of the magnetic field with the Renaissance 
period of our uh, time, the Enlightenment. It's a fascinating conversation. And so it is really exciting, you know, when you get a hold of all these different pieces. Uh, and the, the work that I have tried to do over all these years is to just boil it down into stuff that's super, super simple. But the missing piece is always doing the work. But there's actually a second missing piece. And that that is, is that we are here, I believe, you know, as spiritual beings to learn not to just survive in body and and make the world a perfect place. And because we're so afraid of everything, we judge any illness or any failure or any setback or even dying as some kind of failure and the inability to survive. But if you looked at your existence and your life as an eternal thing, you know, one lifetime is a sneeze. And it just isn't that big of a deal in the grand scope of everything. But it's also really scary, you know, when you're face to face with it. So I just wanted to include that context that just because people die does not mean they've had some kind of personal failure uh, if they're unhealthy, it doesn't mean that they've had some kind of spiritual punishment. Uh, you know, there's a weakness of character. There's so many other things going on that we don't understand. And it's easy to be in fear and measure our safety by physical body and world success or stuff measures, right? So if I'm in the right place, and I have physical health, and as he's saying, if I think happy thoughts, then everything's going to be okay, or statistically, it's more likely to be okay. But, you know, one of the things that was fascinating to me, you know, throughout these processes is people who had these horrible, horrible, horrendous experiences, you know, with starvation. And, uh, you know, I've talked about longevity, and then the people who've been through these long starvation periods, like the Japanese death march. And I would think, how could they live to be 100 when they had so much trauma uh, within them and so much trauma to their body? Uh, and yet they're living, you know, to 100 plus. So the reality is, is we just don't know. There is no perfect place and there is no one size fits all. But there is a process. And he's really explaining the process to you that I've been talking about forever is that the whole electrical universe is connected to us through our nervous system, you know, our endocrine system is the chemical that's in connection with the nervous system. You know, the magnetic field is our heart and our mind and uh, our, our field of energy that surrounds us. There's a field of energy that is like a donut that sort of passes through our midsection. I, I've put up pictures of that in the past and it circles and it's the same kind of energy field when you look at the globe. You know, he has all those earth pictures where you see it from the poles and it's like a donut. You know, we have that same energy field and the Heart Math Institute has done just all kinds of studies on the power of our heart and its electrical connection to ourselves and how we connect and influence others. And it's all just this great, big, elaborate, yet wildly simplistic system of connection through these electromagnetic chemical 
uh, frequencies and processes within our body. But what's so interesting to me about the electrical component of our nervous system is that it's not just the nervous system. There's the the whole, um, you know, the myelin sheaths that connect everything and the impulses and the fascia uh, that is a thin layer that runs over our entire body, sort of like a thin suit uh, that's only held up, you know, by our bones and muscle. And that is where all of our electrical systems feed into. And it it's a whole communication conversation system within, you know, there's how I've talked about the heart and uh, Thomas, oh gosh, I forgot his name, uh, you know, but the, the how the heart is impacted by the fourth water, the fourth stage of water, which is this sort of gel-like uh, water uh, that creates an electrical field that's impacted by uh, positive touch, by the sun, and by grounding. I mean, there's so many simple, simple things and all, and I've tried over and over and over to talk about these processes, right? Roll eyes, go into coma, you know, okay. And even I don't do it. I mean, I have these conversations every day. Like I need to get back to grounding every day. And, you know, now that it's warmer, it's much easier, but it's, it is, that was sort of my, just as a side note, I, that's why I wanted to sleep in the tent on the ground. I've just had this fantasy about sleeping on the ground and grounding. Worst night sleep ever, <laughs> or lack of sleep. Just can't get on the hard ground. I don't know uh, if there's a, a, a better way to do it, but I could not sleep on the ground unfortunately, but that was my hope. I just thought, oh, how fabulous to be able to, I have this craving, right, to sleep on the ground. And so uh, I can spend, you know, a couple hours during the day, like stretching and stuff, but no sleeping for me. But that was the whole point that it's, you know, the grounding process that resets our positive and negative ion fields, right? And makes us feel healthy versus makes us go crazy. When we're ungrounded, we have a very difficult time staying sane. We become emotionally unstable. We've got too much positive ions and not enough negative ions, which to me always feels uh, counterintuitive. But so there's this amazing, amazing process, but we want to, it's not just so simple. You know, you can't have a positive thought while you're stewing and brewing with negativity and rage, you know, the fake it till you make it kind of thing. There has to be a real deep resonance with uh, the joy that creates that positive energy. And, you know, as I've said in the past, you know, only about 25% of the people are actually wired to be naturally positive. Uh, most of us, about 75%, are wired to be naturally negative. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And one of them I've spoken to you is about, like, for me, negativity is fuel. I get frustrated. I get angry. Uh, I get, you know, raging in my head. But that helps provide fuel. If I get too happy and blissed out, man, I don't get anything done. But there's a difference between 
understanding that process versus being a victim of that process and how it affects you and how he's speaking to. But it really is just this awakening and this awareness of how we are all connected in ways that we can't see, but science is finally helping us understand uh, little bit by little bit. It's very difficult, you know, to shift and change our cultural conditioning, our values. You know, when when we say success, we still think, you know, a healthy body and a fabulous life. Or, you know, if you're in the survival community, success is, you know, big, strong muscles, lots of guns, and being in the perfect bug out situation. But statistically, you know, if you look at real survival situations, that's not who lasts. That's not who makes it out. You know, it's a, it's a fascinating study that's in contrast to uh, our media and our cultural conditioning about what real strength is and about what purpose is and what's valuable and how much uh, social engineering and fear factor into all of this. And so until we understand our fears, whether they're uh, on the surface or in our subconscious, you know, those are the real drivers of our value system. And, you know, when he's speaking about how some people get jolted and get excited and some people get jolted and collapse, that has a lot to do with this fight, flight, freeze thing I'm talking to you about. Because it is a shock to the nervous system and how you are responding to it. I believe it's less about the joy in life that he's talking about and more about how you treat scary, dangerous things. And there's just some of us that are wired to push into the dangerous thing. But you can't have a whole culture and society that pushes into the dangerous thing. And there's got to be a reason, you know, 25% of us are naturally wired positive And, you know, the majority aren't. I just have to believe that there's a reason for everything. And it's not because we're all supposed to end up in the same place and act and be in the same way. And it really comes down to what is your point of view, that everything is about the physical body and the physical world, or is this just one step in an eternal process, and that the judgment isn't about what's happening to me or how it's happening to me, but what is it that I'm supposed to be getting from what is happening to me? And, you know, like I said, if you're just blissed out and you're happy, uh, some people can get stuff done. I get nothing done when I'm sitting in absolute uh, joy and bliss. So I can't spend a lot of my time and energy there because I wouldn't ever do anything. I need the aggravation. I need the conflict. I need the contrast to keep me moving forward versus you know, I do need breaks, I do need periods of time, but I can't live there. But there's sort of this idea, especially, you know, within the New Ager community, or Indian or Asian, uh, Eastern philosophy, that, you know, being blissed out, enlightenment, uh, nirvana, is the goal. And it's a great place to visit. But it doesn't build 
the world. And somebody still has to deal with the trash. Somebody still has to build roads. Somebody still has to, you know, generate food and master water supply situations. And it's really easy to say, oh, when we've lived in a such a comfortable and convenient world that we're very blasé about everything that we've taken for granted. And it's until you live without it and you realize the struggle to keep it up that it makes you appreciate the people who just get up and move forward every single day. And everyone can't be everything and in every way. You have to have this amazing collection of diversity of intention and desire and skills and processes and uh, belief systems to move us all forward. If everybody wanted to be a warrior and fight, it would be horrible. If everybody wanted to uh, be a blissed out spiritual whatever, it would be horrible. If everybody wanted to be a movie star, it would be horrible. If everybody wanted to be a politician and not a participant, right? If everybody wanted to lead the army, but nobody wanted to fight in it, you could never have culture. You could never have society. You could never have civilization. You could never have progress. And progress isn't about making things better for everybody so that we can move into this perfect way of being, but rather, how do we collectively participate in very different ways that are really moving us all forward? And I, you know, to me, this whole cataclysmic event is really a reset because if you were going to design a system, you have to have a check, right? Like there has to be a, uh, a correction so that because every scenario seems to end in us going into self-destruct. And so if we were left to our own devices without kind of a check in the system, we would obliterate ourselves because that's where we always end up as a group. We haven't evolved to a point where we value life more than we value sacrificing somebody else so that we can live. We're just not there yet. We're not at the understanding that it is only in wanting the other to be successful and to live, but not at the cost of of us, right, or them. There has to be a moving forward of a shared value that we're just not at yet. And so we have this amazing biological system that's completely tapped into everything. And and I find it super fascinating. I mean, I love all of this stuff, but it's still the lower level. You know, survival of body and survival of in the world, it's a very low level goal. It's something that as humans, we need to continue in order to move all of ourselves forward. But it's really not the end-all and be-all to survive. You know, what's more exciting is what you're doing with your life. And sometimes you got to be angry to get that done, right? Sometimes you need to be blissed out to accomplish what you need. Uh, Sometimes you need to be a cog in the wheel and not really be participating other than Uh, your little tiny part in this particular lifetime. And so when we can step back from assuming that the goal is to have perfect health 
and positivity and and perfect preps so that we can survive the end of the world as a sign of success we're we're really missing the great big fabulous uh humongousness of all of it and uh, you know, you heard me talk about that in terms of beyond survival. That's just something that you have to do. You have to eat, you have to get water, you have to have shelter. But that is so low level in terms of what your eternalness is here to accomplish. It's just a necessity, but it's not the end all and the be all. Uh, and and we're all in a different relationship with it. But I think, you know, the real point of what I wanted to do here is one, we can't judge it you know, if you happen to be more negative, that doesn't mean you failed. If you die in the uh, Nova, so to speak, or you die in war, or you die from hunger, you haven't failed as a human being, you haven't failed as a spirit. You're just here for certain specific reasons. And your nervous system is really the key to navigating it all. It's really, to me, where... uh, it's the easiest place, I think, to pull it all together, how we are tapped in to the electrical field and how the magnetic and the chemical and the electric all work together. But if we don't, you know, that we're being assaulted at all three, right? Our, the magnetic field is collapsing. Uh, you know, chemically, we're just being destroyed, you know, with what's in our food, what's in our water, what's in our air. Uh, you know, the medications we're being, you know, people are taking, you know, the the poisons, the toxins, you know, chemically, we're just being annihilated. And there's very little we can do about that because, it's extremely difficult to, you know, eat clean and drink clean and breathe clean. And, uh, you know, it's just as much as we want to, it's just extremely difficult for the majority of people to accomplish that. And it is a fabulous goal to pursue. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't focus on that. I'm just saying that the majority of us cannot have a perfect diet with perfectly clean water and drinking perfectly pure or breathing perfectly pure air. Uh, it's just, you know, there's only so much you can do around that. Uh, and But the electrical is, you know, another level of assault. You know, if you're in a high density area where the electromagnetic field is being blasted at you, you know, through cell phone and through uh, Wi-Fi, uh, through who knows what else that's being blasted at us, uh, it is very affecting of us, but you can you know, for the most part, you can drive away from it and get some relief from it. You know, you can turn things off. Uh, You can even paint your walls with paint that has electromagnetic frequency blockage. But the electrical system is really just one of the most powerful things in our body that we have the most control over, right? We can't control what the Earth's magnetic field is doing. You know, we can't control the food. We can't control the water to some extent. And we can't even really control the amount of bombardment. Uh, And we can't control, you know, the cosmic rays that were being blasted at us, you know, that are carrying all this information and data and the radiation. But the one thing we can manage is how we think and how we feel. And our understanding of that process and how it then radiates through us. And that's really been the, the amazing work of the Heart Math Institute is when you see how, uh, 
you know, that they call establishing coherence, how it affects you, how it affects others, how it affects your heart rate, your blood pressure. Uh, and it is really something that's measured, you know, in your electrical field. And the earth has an electrical field and the galaxy has an electrical field. And so everything is connected and interrelated. But uh, it, it is a powerful place to start and a level of understanding that is just moving uh, ever more quickly, you know, from the mystery schools and esoteric knowledge, which has talked about this, you know, since the beginning of time, uh, it is moving into the mainstream consciousness. And that is what's important. That is how planting these seeds and watering and growing them, it's becoming more and more common and comfortable. Uh, but the second component of it is the not judge your your process or other people's process as success or failure so that you're in fear that you're going to die if you don't become positive. That isn't necessarily true. You don't know what your spirit is here. I mean, look at Hitler. God, how many times they 27 suicide or assassination attempts on Hitler, and he just wouldn't die. My favorite story is, I keep calling it Rasputin, I think it's Rasputin in Russia. Uh, they did, I mean, they shot him, they poisoned him, just over and over and over again. They did all these things to this Russian, and he wouldn't die. And so, uh, you know, our will to live will take us a long way past a lot of these other uh, things that I'm talking about, but if we can just step back, if we can get excited about the process and not judge the measures that uh, are physical and worldly in terms of the outcome that we think we want or that we're afraid that won't happen, uh, it will take you so much further down the path. To me, that's the real power of journaling. It helps me refocus. If I'm afraid of something, then I can look at that fear and I can, you know, move through it and I can dissipate it. Whereas if you don't ever think about it, it just sort of cycles and circles within your system. Uh, but the nervous system is the the place, right? There, and, you know, they even are talking now about understanding that the heart has its own nervous system. You know, we have the the autonomic nervous system, we have the sympathetic and the parasympathetic, but we also know we have a gut nervous system, which is called the enteric nervous system. Uh, and now they're talking about the heart has its own nervous system. So it really doesn't matter. Uh, the reality is, is that everything's connected. We're connected to everything. And the more we're understanding that, uh, I think the further down the road we're getting to the bigger picture stuff. But it isn't about surviving what's happening by doing something specific. It's about so much more than that. As I'm talking to you, I'm wrestling with one of the dogs to not hit the microphone. <laughs> and turn it off. And again, you know, like I always tell you, it's like the infinitely practical 
me, uh, meeting up with the wildly abstract. And we all have a different role. I mean, what they have done over at Suspicious Observers has been fabulous. What the Thunderbolt Project did was amazing. I love those videos that he did so long ago. You know, what the HeartMath Institute is doing is just amazing. And they all have their own little twist and their own little process, just like I do. And, you know, just like I want to speak to those of us who love danger, right? We like that shock because it gets us going. Not because we're masochistic, but because we're just wired that way. And the way we are wired is directly related to how our nervous system operates, both in danger and without. And the more we, I think, hear people that are in different fields talk about the same thing, I think the more it reinforces these core ideas of how much input we have into our own experience, but that there is absolutely no right or wrong to any of it, any of it. And I talked a little bit about that, you know, with primary and secondary intentions. You know, a lot of times we don't even know what the true purpose of our life was. And it's easy to look at somebody laying on the street and saying, oh, they're an utter failure. We don't know. The power comes in choosing to focus on what we do know. And that is increasing in knowledge and idea and understanding exponentially while we're also having, you know, this wind down effect of what's happening in the body and the world around us. Uh, and not everybody survives and nobody has ever survived in mass within a cataclysmic event. It's just the way it is. And I believe in people trying to survive. You know, that's the whole game I'm playing right now is to, what would I tell future humans, right? How, what would I record to pass forward? But it isn't the fact that if you didn't survive, you were a failure or that you know, did something wrong spiritually and so you're being punished or all these crazy things that get talked about. They're just fear manifesting in lots and lots of different ways and that our power lies in understanding how we function both uh, collectively, like we all have a nervous system, but we're all wired differently with our nervous system. And so it's not a right or wrong thing. It's just the, uh, you know, the two uh, things that I like to go back to are seek ye first to understand, right? And know thyself. It's really about knowing yourself, not having, you know, a lot of conversation about everybody, what everybody else should be doing or why everybody else is failing. You know, it's insecurity that says, oh, look at me, I'm healthier and you're not. Therefore, uh, I feel good about myself. You know, we're hearing a lot of that insecurity. Oh, you know, making fun of quote unquote sheeple people and patting themselves on their back because they think they really know what's going on when they're just as infantile in their understanding of things, you know, as the quote unquote other side. So insecurity belittles and judges and humiliates. Security understands that, that you are 
you know, being secure in yourself, that we are all doing the best that we can, that we have this amazing capacity to manage all of these things that are going on within us. And that's where our power lies. That's the excitement. Uh, and that may be the experience you're here to experience is getting creamed by the electrical field. Who knows? We Nobody knows what's happening. All right, we're having another dog event. So I just wanted to uh, run that by you. I just wanted to uh, say I love that people are getting these ideas in all different places and in all different ways. And so that the, the information is sinking in more and more and more to our collective consciousness but that the key is not to judge what your personal experience is as a success or failure, to not fear you might not survive, but rather to embrace this moment as unique and powerful for yourself, whoever you are, whether you're a wired for danger person, whether you're, uh, and if you're not, it's not about a right or wrong. I only speak to that because I understand it, and my personal questions about it uh, have nothing to do with um, better or worse, right or wrong. It's just curiosity on my part, because I believe we're all here for a reason. And we came into the world with everything we needed for our personal experience. All right, deep breath, have a fabulous day, and I will see you next time.